All right, everybody, don't drop that fast forward button. The sponsorship roll call is about to begin. Energy Consulting Limited provides complete project management and general contracting services to a variety of private sector clients on both commercial and residential construction projects. They act as the owner's representatives through the planning, design, budgeting, scheduling, construction, and occupancy processes. Clients appreciate their open, honest, and flexible approach to achieving their project goals. Although they are located in Surrey, BC, Energy works on projects all over the province, including the growing cities of the north and the beautiful coastal towns of Vancouver Island. They're always excited to explore new places and develop relationships with professionals wherever their clients' interests may be. Abacus North is a firm that specializes in mortgage banking solutions for complex projects. In addition to providing financing solutions in a traditional mortgage broker capacity, Abacus North provides direct loans that range from $2 million to $25 million. On a syndicated basis, they provide mortgage banking solutions up to $300 million. In most cases, their in-house capital solutions can bridge financing gaps that traditional lenders are unable to service. They specialize in providing land acquisition loans, construction financing for large-scale developments, income-producing properties, and single-purpose facilities. With a portfolio that includes high-rise, mid-rise, and low-rise condominiums, townhouse developments, shopping centers, agricultural properties, industrial developments, and medical marijuana facilities, Abacus North is at the forefront of creative mortgage banking solutions with a focus on fostering long-term relationships. They are a multifaceted organization that services domestic and international clients with their mortgage banking needs. Complex financing solutions require analytical thinking well beyond a typical mortgage broker relationship. As a result, they focus on providing engineered solutions for their client. Their key differentiation strategy is that they assist clients in actively managing the capital stack in order to minimize borrowing costs while maximizing flexibility. Abacus North focuses on national and global opportunities. Ascentia CPA has a team of new-gen chartered professional accountants that are dedicated to advancing companies using expertise combined with emerging technologies. The team at Ascentia will implement the latest accounting technologies, allowing you to not only run a business, but to run a smart business that will excel in your industry. Their focus is to provide growth-centric, value-added, and timely accounting services for businesses, as well as individuals across Canada. Unlike standard accounting firms, by embracing cloud-based software, the team at Ascentia will provide you with real-time accounting information on a secure platform that is accessible anywhere at any time, allowing you to make better informed decisions and gain more controlled overview of your financial data. The reliability and expertise you will experience with the professionals at Ascentia will assist you in the preparation of corporate and personal tax returns, financial statements, bookkeeping, government filings, tax and estate planning, as well as business advisory services. For more information on the advantages of online accounting and to book a complimentary meeting online, be sure to visit ascentiacpa.ca. We are I. All right, so I'm sitting in a soccer field in Richmond with Orsi, and she just snooped and seen my secret password for for my phone. And 
I'm not happy about it. <laughs> we're uh, we're here to be able to talk, and we are socially distancing. A little disclaimer at the beginning there. Um, we're here to be able to talk about Orsi and her um, her kind of mishap with her diet. Um, so take it away, Orsi. Tell us tell us what happened. Tell us what you were doing. Give us a recap of what you were doing, um, and then take us through kind of how the wheels came off the bus. Yeah, so I was doing basically a whole food plant-based diet and while you were doing um, plant-based and my whole thing was like, hey, you should do whole foods. And we had this conversation about it and you said, okay, do it for 30 days. And the funny thing is I was already doing it. Like it wasn't a big deal. I was doing it and I was doing it easily and I was enjoying doing it because I felt really great. But as soon as we had talked about like doing it um, and like recording data, I got a little bit perfectionist about it. And as soon as I got perfectionist about it, I couldn't do it. I was like incapable of doing it. From what perspective? Well, so I was trying to follow the rules. And so one of the things is like no coffee, because that is not part of whole food plant-based. And normally I just need one cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I couldn't have any, I wanted two. (laughs) You know what I mean? Isn't that the truth? It was just like the psychology of it was that I just all of a sudden wanted to like be quote unquote bad and cheat. Mm -hmm. But when I was doing it before you and I had talked about it, I had none of those impulses. It was only when there were like me trying to like prove to you that this was better. And all of a sudden it became about like showing you data and doing it super well that I just couldn't get myself to do it. Mm Because my motivation, I guess, was to, like, show you. Yeah. And before I was like, oh, I want to do this because this feels good. And I was like, it was super easy to do it. It was, like, effortless to do it. But, yeah, as soon as it became about, like, oh, I got to do this perfect, yeah. I couldn't do it at all. It was like an ego trap. So do you – because, like, that's, like, an extremely common narrative when it comes to, like – the health and nutrition space like you know we can keep this a little bit more about diet right now but obviously we know that we like with exercise too right but um like i like i know and i think every it's kind of like widely accepted that people they almost set themselves up for failure because they're 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 not doing it for them it's always like this person's telling me i should do this or i feel like i have to do this but when in like the nutrition space where it's like there's not a lot of authenticity when people want to do things just for themselves. So, but like you were kind of already there, but then you kind of went a different angle with it where it's like, now I'm going to do this for this challenge with Blake and like the wheels come off the bus. But like, why do you think that we crave things more when we restrict them like that? Like, even though we have no real impulse for it, we didn't, you didn't build up a craving for it. Like, you know, if it was coffee, you know, do you think it's because you were running more and you needed more energy and like that's where it came from? It wasn't just coffee. That was just like the example that I picked. Um, I mean, I know that I, and you and I have talked about this before and you don't eat so much for pleasure, but Mm -hmm. I eat a lot for pleasure. And so for me to be like disciplined for like five days in a row is like no big deal because that's just like my usual habit. And then on the weekend, it's nice to like kind of like go of that a little bit and just like socialize a bit more and eat more for pleasure. Like I get a lot out of that. Yeah. Um, And so to just like take that away, um, if you have no real motivation to replace that, Mm. right? Because like we want pleasure, we seek pleasure. So yeah, I think that's part of it too. Like, 
like culturally or personally, family wise, like is that a part of how you've got to where you're at today? Like there was a lot of um, like talk or maybe not even talk, like just experience around like eating for pleasure. Like, like do you connect with that of like how you got to space or is it simply like you just have this like this sweet tooth or like you just have like you see these TV shows or like no, what I, kind of I, I think it's about like being with people, mm-hmm. you know, it's about, like my family is like Eastern European. Like there's a lot of just like, not that we've been doing that lately. Uh, although we did have like one day in the park where we like got together and had a bit of a picnic. Uh, but yeah, I think eating is totally about communion with other people mm-hmm. and like indulging for sure. Why do you think that it has to be about like indulging or like, or bad food because like and I only say like because you can see it trending the other way and the, the example that I give is like like going out with somebody for lunch for work 10 years ago was a lot different than what it is now like you go for lunch and it would be like you'd even have like that steak and like that potato or like that fried food and you know like the couple drinks and like that's what everybody's doing you'd be like a pariah if you didn't now I go with a bunch of guys and it's like not a big deal to where like a quinoa salad and you know people are like you know lemon water like like that whole thing has started to shift a little bit but oh totally and I really love healthy things right like mm-hmm. I'm super happy to go grab a juice or a smoothie or like make salads at home I, it wasn't like I ate badly the entire time it's just that I was trying to follow these rules and all of a sudden I was like but I don't want to yeah. like I ran that 50k uh, that day and I was like well now I want to celebrate with a cider like I yeah. just ran a 50k and like no alcohol is also part of the rules and I was like yeah. But this is like an occasion for me (laughs) and I just want to. And as soon as there were rules there, there were also like you kind of want to break them. Yeah. So you're a (laughs) non-conformist at heart. I guess. Yeah. But normally it's not a big deal. Like I wouldn't like even think about like, oh, that's a rule I break. It's just like, oh, I did something cool today. Like, let me, you know. Yeah. So let me ask you, like, like, and this may not even be a question you can answer right now, because if somebody put me on the spot like this, it'd probably be tough for me to answer this question too. But so say you're working with somebody and you're giving them some insight and they have kind of like that back door because you're like, this is just part of the human experience. Like if we create rules, we probably want to rebel. You're probably going to feel restricted. We don't want you to yo-yo because obviously then yo-yo dieting is the worst. Um but if somebody wasn't gaining any traction, because like you're already there, so it's a little bit easier for you. And most people aren't running 50K to be able to offset, you know, yeah. like that weekend, right? So like for the people who like aren't there and are struggling with it and what they're doing on the weekends is preventing their success, how do we help those people achieve success without feeling restricted or? Well, I would never set anybody up to try to do something 100%. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really unrealistic for the majority of people. Yeah. Um, and even like the science backs that up, like even like all the, the science we were talking about earlier about like plant-based diets, all of that is based on about 85% mm-hmm. of like calories coming from like whole plans because even on those studies people weren't compliant 100% of the time so what we do right like it's just like compliance is a thing so I think that wiggle room of 15 to 20% just exists for everybody yeah it's kind of interesting you know like how when we when we look at some like this day that comes out but we know there's a margin for error for this day and like what that means for people who just really want to try 
to actually do it by, like do their best or do it like 100% or, you know, like what that kind of looks like for everybody long term. Because once there's like a system in place, like if you allow for deviation, it's like my thing is, well, where does that stop? And at like, and how far, you know, like, because the one thing I've always noticed about the whole proverbial like 80-20 rule is that it might be like, 80 20 and then like one week it's like 70 30 and then it's like 80 20 then it's like 60 40 and it's like even like those like when you leave margins of error it's like it's really easy to say well okay it's wednesday it's been really hard i'll just i'll do a little bit better this weekend then the weekend comes around and the wednesday didn't exist anymore yeah no i I fully agree with that and there are certain things that i'm 100 percent compliant with Mm -hmm. right like uh, making a decision just means to cut up all other possibilities, right? Like, I'll never eat meat, right? Like, I don't have to think about that. There are certain things, like being vegan is, like, non-negotiable. Like, there are certain yeah. things that are non-negotiable. And I guess you just have to um, work with each client and decide what are the things. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if like, you need chocolate like that once a week, like, how much of that, right? Because I do think that if I have, like, a spoonful of something or just have a taste to kind of, like make me feel like I'm part of this and that I don't feel deprived and I don't have to think about it will ultimately lead to better results. Mm -hmm. So I think you just have to negotiate how big that cheat can be. Yeah. But that wasn't like my thing. I was like, I'm going to do it 100%. If I can't do it 100%, then I have to do it like 100% wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Do you you care that you set up like this goal and that the wheels came off the bus? Like, does it bother you at all? Well, at first, I didn't think it was going to completely unravel. At first, I really didn't. At first, it's just that I'd come off the calendar club, and it was, like, such an exhausting thing. And I was like, I just need this weekend. So in my head, I negotiated myself. And I'm like, I'm just going to tell Blake I started on Monday instead of Friday. Like, no big deal. Um, And then I just kind of kept renegotiating with myself. And then I was like intellectualizing it i was like well this is really interesting let's think about why this happens let's yeah. and at a certain point i was like whatever <laughs> no i mean i guess it's so human that like there's no point to be embarrassed about it yeah also like i accomplished lots of things this month even though like i didn't accomplish just like one thing yeah and, and like allowing like ourselves like that that grace is key right you know where it doesn't like like manifest or foster inside of us and then it just becomes like this this black hole that kind of sucks energy into it. it's like like you said like it didn't happen what's the point of stressing about like the past is in the past and it, you don't want it to take away from all the other accomplishments that you've done this week but a lot of people do penalize themselves for it after the fact i mean i was mad at myself for like a moment right like, you're yeah. like oh why can't i um but then you can't hold on to it do you and think also, it w- i just realized like about myself like when nobody's watching i can do the hard thing yeah. As soon as, like, like there's a focus on it, though. So I was like, oh, if I'm going to do something like that again, I need to, like, just not talk about it until it's done. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that just works better for me. Yep. Yeah, I actually, like, work in, in some environments. I, I work like that better, too. Just, like, having, having, like, the freedom to be able to do it the way that I need to get it done. And, like, I've kind of learned that, like, there's definitely, like, a few different environments where I'm a little bit more on, like, either side of that coin for sure. Um, do you think, like, coming off such, like, a heavy run month that you might have been a little bit more, like, mentally and emotionally, like, exhausted just from, like, 
especially because like the latter end of like your month was so run heavy that like maybe like that played a little bit of a factor oh in it, it played a huge huge factor in it I was just like I had no I just had no willpower so even if I before like because I have done really hard things I've done the 21 day water fast I've done like yeah. you know I can make myself do things certainly and calendar club was part of that all the running but I just had no willpower and because I didn't have like a strong stronger why or like a more like internal why I just couldn't get myself to do it I was yeah. like I don't want to like yeah. it really came down to like I don't want to push mm-hmm. myself hard right now yeah because I've been pushing myself so hard so and then like they, and I, I guess I, I kind of forget this part of the conversation that we had before. So how the the quote-unquote diet that you're on right now is the diet that you were trying to do theoretically healthier? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I do. And, and that was the thing that while I wasn't being compliant to it, I was studying 80-10-10. I was doing the course through Cornell University and like learning why. 80 10 10 is so much healthier and reading all the signs about it and then yeah. being like mm, but let me have vegan pizza instead <laughs> you know yeah why do you think we're because everybody like i'm like that you're like that arguably everybody here in this park is like that why do you think when it comes to food and nutrition when when we know like when we thoroughly know like we still just can't get our shit together I think if I knew, I'd be really rich because I would sell that book. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I don't, I don't have the answer. Because mm-hmm. it seems like something when it's like you can do this and you believe it and it's better for you. It's we all resist that. Well, here's the thing for me, too, is that I was doing it before and I was being actually 100% about it and when you're in a groove of something it's okay and you can kind of keep going like it's Newton's law right like you just kind of keep going but then I had that like week where I was like oh if I'm gonna go on this experiment let me kind of like indulge so that we can see some results and so I was on this track now and once you eat food that isn't like quote-unquote real food that's slightly processed has the sugars has the salt like it tastes different, right? And yeah. it is super addictive and it's just not going to compare with eating a carrot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you're going to eat something that's a bit more processed, like your body will start craving it too. Like yeah. you have to really get it out of your system and it takes a while to get it out of your system. And yeah. if it's an arm's reach, you know, if it's just like right there, you're going to want it. That is true. Because like... Like, even our minds, like, we're meant to want the higher calorie thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, like yeah. our brains are wired like that, evolutionary. So, it's like, oh, it's right there. Let me have yeah, that. Yeah, it's like that. Um, I think he's a, a German man and um, based out of London now. I think he's a, a Nobel Peace Prize winner. And, like, he, he was talking about that, about, like, the higher calorie foods in contrast with, like, the flashy packaging. Like, it is everything that we're drawn to primarily like like I see that thing in those trees over there that's like visually stimulating so like before we knew we would just walk over there because like it just it intrigues us and we get this serotonin release even just looking at it never mind eating it and then when we eat it we just get this even more massive like dump of like these hormones and it's like that's a part of why they become addicting never mind then we just we physically crave those and things and that's too. the thing it's like let's say you're gonna eat a green apple and it's like 
nine calories a bite or something. And then you eat like a red apple that's like 10 calories a bite. You're going to prefer the, the, the apple with a little bit more sugar in it. Like even that yeah. one calorie makes a huge amount of difference to your serotonin and your brain. And then you're going to pick up a chocolate bar that has like a hundred calories, right? Yeah. Per bite or whatever. That's not, yeah. that's not the real <laughs> number. But it's like a Frankenfood, right? Like it yeah. just, the stimulus of that is so much more intense. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's not natural, but yeah. it's also like, it's a bit of a drug. Well, and, and it is a drug. And again, like I've talked about this in length on this podcast about how, like, I think it's really socially irresponsible that big food is allowed to be able to have, um, like, psychologists a part of their R&D departments because there is no crunchy, savory, salty, like, the, like those combinations don't exist, in, like, out in the world. Like, so no, when you put all the things that we crave in one spot and wrap it in this fac fancy packaging that comes in this fancy box and, like, you just you have like all of these triggers that just like sucks you back into it and then we get back to this position where it's like we know all this other food is healthy but then we just reach for that other stuff instead but i'm curious because you've been on these like really extreme diets the last couple of months is like how do you make yourself do it when you don't want to because some of the things you have to eat are like like i don't mean, know from my point of view don't look super awesome like so so how do you make yourself do it how do you make yourself be 100 percent compliant when you just like don't want to Because there must be times when you don't want to. Um, I think the grace there is, it's only 30 days. Right. Right? So, like, for me, and so, like, this is actually something that I thought of at the end of this one, too, is because um, I get to this point after about, like, 29, 30 days, and I know I don't want to do it anymore. But I don't know if I don't want to do it anymore because I know that I'm going to make a change or whether I just don't want to do it anymore because I just don't think, that's right or it's not healthy for my body or that I'm craving other things. Um, but like to me, like the physiological like effects, like I am such a data junkie. Like I love to be able to get in conversations about the things that I felt like on these diets with people who like really know the science behind it because I just want to know. So like I want like the craving to me of experiencing the physiological effects supersedes not wanting to like stick with it. Got it. Yeah. Well, what I noticed was, because I did eat worse than I normally would. I yeah. mean, whatever. So this morning I woke up and I had like oatmeal and a banana. It's like, doesn't yeah. get more whole food than that. And so there was lots of meals like that too. But there was also a lot more of just like processed food. Is that... Like what would be processed? What would be processed? Yeah, like we went, like like I had vegan pizza. I had, I eat more bread than I normally do. Yeah. Uh, which is like weird. I don't know why all of a sudden I want to eat bread. Um, what was processed? Do you think you were in any kind of calorie deficit for the amount of calories you burnt running that much for the month before that your body just got to a point by the end of your runs that I you were like... did lose weight towards the end of um, probably around like day 24 or something. I remember yeah. Russ looking at me and being like, um, you look like you're wasting away. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I had lost, like, I think I'd gone down to like, about maybe 126. And I'm usually closer to like 130 something. Yeah. And so I did consciously like try to eat more towards the end to kind of like get my, get it oh, back okay. up. But I don't think it was that. Yeah. I think it was really psychological. I was really like, just like. I only say that because like, I've really noticed after like, 
um, like two, three days in the backcountry where it's like heavy pack, mountainous terrain, you know, like you're at a little bit of a calorie deficit because you're not eating as much anyway, but then you're expelling a ton of calories that for like four or five days, like I just eat all. Yeah. And it's not even like I really want to, or it's a choice, but I just, it's like my body is like, okay, now we have access to food again. Like, let's do this thing. Because you ran a shit ton. Yeah, I mean, but I think I still ran, well, I, probably I just ran half of it this month. I probably ran about, I, I mean, I can look up on my phone, probably yeah. closer to 250K this month. And last month I did about 500. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was a lot. So, like, what has your diet been like this month then? Like, has like have you found some kind of homeostasis in? Or are you still kind of eating shitty? Like, what's uh, up? It was really just, like, up and down this month. Hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of just like still eating like whole grains, legumes and whatever, but also just like, uh, also things opened up again. So it was like, yeah, let's go out for sushi. And so there's like a bit more like, you know, fried tofu, like just like stuff, you know, or I don't know, like the the veggie burger or whatever, like just like stuff that's just a bit more like processed. And my body is so sensitive. I'll feel it. Yeah. Like some people can like eat like that and they don't notice at all, but... See, but like, but even like when you talk like that, so this is even like the same like perspective, like when, when people like ask me, like, like what's like, like a cheat or like what's something that I eat with that I wouldn't normally like, um, and I'm like, oh, like coconut milk ice cream. Yeah. No, I realized that like my eating bad might be like somebody's like. Best case scenario. Yeah, totally. I get that, but I'll feel the difference. Yeah. Right. Well, and I just wanted to say, cause it, it's like, and that's why I brought you around like, what's your version of like processed food? Because I know I have this like distorted perspective of like, when I'm like, oh, I eat like shit. Yeah. I'm not eating like, pop tarts or anything. Like, yeah. Or like deep fried Twix bars. Like, no. cause like, that's kind of like this status quo, like what people no, are trying and to No, and also bring, just right? like staying, even though there's a lot of like processed vegan food now, mm-hmm. it's still, it's still vegan. Like it's still like even if you just like take dairy away, right? Like it, you can't have a lot of like processed food because they put dairy in everything. So it does kind of put a cap on it, you know, like it does help in that way. But even just um, like using vegan mayo, like if I'm going to do whole food plant-based, I can't have vegan mayo, right? So then I want to use it more, right? Like just like things like that, like psychologically that are like teeny tiny things. There's nothing wrong with eating some vegan mayo. Like it's, it's cool. Like it's like, it's whatever. But those were like the, what I'm talking about, like the perfectionist things where I was trying to do it perfect. Like whole food plant-based is SOS, no salt, no oil, no sugar. Well, if I'm now using salt and oil on something, even if it's minimal, I'm like, I'm cheating. I'm not doing it right. Yeah. You know? So that was the fail. Like I just couldn't be 100% compliant. Yeah. See, and then like, that's the the one thing about this paleo diet that I've started today that I'm doing is like, I realized that it's, um, it's not, it's not restrictive, really. But you kind of realize like how within its own category that it is because within, um, you know, like, all these different diets, like there's this variation of processed foods that you can eat. You know, so say like for me, like an example of that would be like, like on the carnivore diet, it might be like beef jerky or something. And then like on a, um, on like a plant-based diet, it might be like a Beyond Meat burger, you know, like, but things that still fit, like tote the line. But like the one thing with the paleo diet, it's like, there's none of that. 
You know, like you really got to take a big step out of like all process stuff. Like there's nothing that you can really like. So it's the same thing like what you're in. Like there's just, there's no, there's no kind of those quick, easy things that you could kind of just like rely on. So I actually feel like this one is probably going to be the most challenging out of them all. Yeah. Yeah. You can grab a Lara bar. (laughs) (laughs) You have like two ingredients. Yeah. But even with that though, so like what classifies is like processed, right? Yeah, I guess. You know, so because that's the thing is to me, I'm like, well, um, I like almond butter. And can you eat almond butter or coconut oil? Because it's processed. Yeah. And this is like. I do almond butter. I don't do coconut oil. um, Why do you not eat coconut oil? Saturated fats. Yeah, and I just generally try to stay away from from oils now. Since yeah. since taking the whole food plant based course as much as I can, I like really just stay away from it. Mm-hmm. So as much as I can. Are you? I I think we've talked about this before. I can't remember, but um, like supplementation, like like are you supplementing like anything? Like it's no. strictly just food only. Yeah. So, are you going to? Well, it's have not true. Any? I've taken like a prenatal because we've been trying, yeah. and we just supposed to and but i've taken it for like a year and a half now and i'm still overtaking it yeah <laughs> like it's not doing anything for yeah, me. Like, this is <laughs> like, i don't know why i'm paying for this yeah but do you um like are you so the, the only reason why i ask this is because like when i went for my dexa scan on friday um i was actually i was actually shocked about how poor my bone density was not that um it's like bad bad but like i actually really expected it to be very good and it was very average and even maybe like slightly like below average and even peter um he was really shocked too he's like this isn't so much like weight bearing exercise weight bearing exercising is like you've been very (laughs) yeah very mindful of like you know like your diet he's just like and he's like your your bone density is not something you've been doing for the last like month he's like has nothing to do with the diets you've been on lately he's like this is something that's been manifesting for years so he's like it'll equally take you years because like he's like bone density is not something that changes radically fast you know so i've had my scan done with him it's been a yeah. number of years though i think i was probably fairly average too i have like a smart scale that tells me that my bone mass is above average yeah. <laughs> but i don't know how accurate that is it'd be interesting to like go get scanned and compare that to like what my um yeah. scale does but yeah i don't know see and so this is what i have found there's um the the body fat or the body weight was about the same um like lean body mass fat mass like all these things were relative like with with close enough that i'd say like it's a good measure um but the one thing that was severely off was the bone mass interesting yeah so but like so this is the thing to me is like you know even like all of these decades i've been doing this thinking that like okay well i'm health conscious you know like don't smoke you know barely drink like all these like you would still even see kind of clearly like the wheels coming off the bus. And this is just from like a, a vitamins and, and mineral standpoint. Yeah, so I would, I would ask myself how acidic my diet is mm-hmm. because oftentimes when we have acidic things, like one of my favorites, coffee, yeah. right? Or dairy, like dairy is like a big culprit of this. Uh, in order to uh, balance it out, our body does steal minerals from our yeah. bones, right? It's like the easiest place uh, to steal from. So then I would look at, how acidic my diet is mm-hmm. and like anything except for like fruits and vegetables is pretty yeah. much acidic so like since it's been a few years is that something just because like you're you're not maybe not like really changing your diet but like you've been living it for like another two years you know like you're doing like all this like like extra like activity and stuff like is are those things like important to you to kind of know what's going on mm-hmm. in your body or are you just 
Or like, okay, like I feel good. That's my main priority. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I think feeling is like a big part of it. Um, and I did notice this month that I didn't feel that great. Uh, although I still had like some good moments, obviously. But I do see a naturopath every once in a yeah. while. Um, he doesn't do like blood work. He works really energetically. But um, but you do go to the doctor once a year and they yeah. might send you for a blood test. And everything has always kind of been like, okay. Yeah. So until somebody tells me it's not okay, I don't feel the need to worry about it. Yeah. What uh, would you feel like? What? How come like not that great this month? Like what, well, I what guess when that? you're just eating a bit more processed, you just feel like a little bit more puffy, right? Like it's just yeah. like those like little things, like you gain a couple pounds and you're like, oh, right? Yeah. But like it's no big, like it's no big deal in like the big scheme of things. And I had like PRs and running at like basically every distance, 1K, yeah. one mile, 5K, 10K, half marathon. I didn't hit a PR at the full marathon because when yeah. I was doing like the 50K, I was like pacing. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. like going like... Yeah. Uh, but like, so I still like performed well and improved even on like, which is surprising on like, mm -hmm. not like a perfect diet necessarily. So you can still like make gains or improve even yeah. if you're not being like perfect. I guess that's good to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think when you're, when you're eating super clean, you just feel a little bit more sparky. So my immediate, excuse me, it's my immediate reply to that is so like yesterday I ate a bag of, um, brown rice chips. Yeah. Sweet Thai chili. They've always been like my favorite. But I can't, it's been months and months and months since I've had like bagel. But like just doing that, there's some, the months that have the 31 days, I always take like that 31 day and I'm just like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I had um, a California roll and a dynamite roll. Yeah. Um, and I woke up this morning and I felt like I had like a nervous stomach. And then I'm like, I'm like, why do I feel like anxious? You know, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, the shade. But, like, because I just never feel that way. Yeah. But it makes me realize, like, how when people feel, like, that nervousness or that anxiousness and, like, how we know it's so connected to diet. Like, it just, within 12 hours, I went from feeling, like, great to if I didn't know what I know, I would probably be like, oh, like, I'm super anxious today. I don't want to leave the house. Or just, you know, maybe, like, whatever the common scenario may be when people are feeling really anxious. But, like, then I worked out and, like, I feel totally fine now. Yeah. You know, like ice bath, hot tub, workout, run, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, it's good. Yeah, but those good. are all really great resetting tools. And yeah. you don't just have one resetting tool. You have, like, so many resetting tools. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, like, like the, the impact, right? You know, like, like reset. it's not that, like, we still can't do these things. Like, we're all still capable. But you and I happen to be a part of, like, this population that will still end up going and do those things to help reset it. You know, but again, like, it always comes back to, like, I still don't know what to properly say to people to help get them to feel, like to realize that or like actually believe like it, you feel this because of your diet and if you do this other thing, it'll kind of help counter that. Because um, like it's just not something that we're taught or like to, like you have to really live it to understand it. Like food can cause anxiety, like physical activity can reduce that anxiety if you keep the physical activity up and if you reduce the food, you just end up as a better human being going down the pipe. I think intuitively we all know though. Mm -hmm. I think we know. I think it's that inertia, like you have to have something to get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. It's really that, yeah, it's yeah. the ball moving moment. So where are you at right now with kind of getting back to like everyday life or standard life? Like you kind of alluded that, you know, you might have to cut your running back a little bit because 
regular life maybe coming down the pipe like what's oh, going on well no it's now? not coming back yeah. uh, <laughs> regular life is not coming back because i primarily teach like nine to twelve year olds and teens yeah so you know city of surrey cancelled all summer camps city of burnaby that i work for they're not thinking of reopening till september 30th so there isn't a lot to do in terms of teaching acting and the film industry hasn't opened up again so I was thinking like down the line, like come the fall, I'll probably go back to life as normal. So still just like ultra running goals for the summer. Mm-hmm. And then taking some clients, uh, yeah. doing nutritional consultations. I've written uh, free of charge. <laughs> if anybody yeah. wants like running plans, I've been making running plans for people. Mm-hmm. And I've been like taking people on some runs, slow <laughs> runs, since, yeah. you know, whatever. When, when you start running. We do a lot of like walk runs and stuff, but yeah, just making plans for people and helping them get moving is what I've been doing. Mostly. They've been creative to because like I actually feel like there's kind of two big separations in people right now. The people who have been like, my life has been really rattled, but I've chosen these other goals to kind of help get me through it. So like your obviously initial one is this like you know this run club for the month, and then now that's kind of like spurred on like these running programs, you know like the nutrition like you you've created little goals, but then there's people who haven't done that, who seem like they're having a really tough time kind of getting the wheels started because they're realizing that, yeah, like it might be fall or if the second wave hits in the fall, like it might be spring next year before. I've, I mean, I feel horrible saying it, but I've really enjoyed this time. Mm. Uh, I've never had this much time to myself before, like really where complete freedom of me just choosing how I'm gonna spend my time, right? Because when you work and you have a contract to five different companies, like that's a lot of just like running around from one place to another. So it's been super enjoyable. And I took that uh, class, um, the plant-based nutrition class, and I'm taking a running course through Altis, just like that kind of foundation class. So I'm just learning a lot more about like um, how to coach people in terms of like athletics, which I'm super interested in. I don't know if I'll ever, you know, do that, but it's been really cool to just like learn. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I just think, like, it's, like, it, it kind of goes, like I said, like, to show, like, a part of, like, your character and your personality, just wanting to, like, say, okay, well, I have this time, and, like, how can I spend this time, like, improving me instead of going the opposite direction with that? Like, do you see a lot of people that are just, like, still stuck in the whole, like, I'm not going to do anything, I'm just, like, watch TV, have some drinks, like, just... No, I think because... You know, we are like the products of who we hang out with. Yeah. So I think a lot of my friends are really creative and a lot of them are still artists and might not necessarily be on the health side, like that's not their passion. But I think artists are wired to create in times like this. So I've taken part in like reading people's um, films that they've just written. Um, My writing partner and I just got together and we have writing something we had written as a web series now into like a TV pilot. We just sat down for three hours and wrote yesterday. So I think artists are just yeah. like, you know, this is their jam. Most of them are a little bit introverted anyway. They don't need a lot of <laughs> yeah. social. I think it's been like really good for a lot of those people to get work done. Mm-hmm. So my friends aren't necessarily like the people who are like go out and party anyway. So yeah. it's hard for me to say. This is I like know that by like, like liquor consumption that like it's gone up 40%. So there's like yeah. people who are just sitting around. But I don't know. Yeah, it is for like, you know, I, I do agree with you. Like if you're introverted mm-hmm. at all or like you just you find um, joy in solitude, this has definitely been like the best case scenario yeah. for those people, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
and especially like you know in that solitude that you can be creative like having like that artistic outlet and i guess kind of maybe tapping into like what we feel is like that right side of our brain with like the creativity but um all of that being said like when like come september or next spring or next fall or kind of whenever things kind of change a little bit um are you are you fully invested in wanting to take some of this away and say okay well these are the changes i need to make in life because that's the that's a big question that everybody seems to be kind of asking right now is like what are we all going to take away from this because like a lot of people have really enjoyed this time to be able to just spend on themselves and focus on themselves and like look at what they want to do and how they want to make some changes because i know for me being like 37 this year i just happen to be around like a lot of people that are all like well if i'm going to make a change in life this is probably going to be the time so before i get to this hypothetical midlife crisis area <laughs> i can kind of hedge a bed a little bit sooner than that and i think the one thing that running has really taught me in the last couple months is be where your feet are oh yeah you that's know, awesome like i really feel because it's so hard to plan ahead right now and I am somebody who chronically plans ahead that I haven't really done that. I haven't really thought too much about next year. I yeah. can't tell you. Like, I'm just trying to be, like, right here right now. Do you think that we can ever properly plan for next year? Or do you think that we have, like, a facade of being able to plan for next year? Because we all know that life's full of ups and downs and peaks uh, and valleys. And I, I, I think planning is great. I love planning um, and I think you have to put your sight somewhere in order to get anywhere near it like mm -hmm. I think if you put nothing in your calendar nothing is gonna happen yeah. so I think planning is cool but we're just living in such a weird time right now where everything is so unstable that I'm not gonna pretend yeah that I know what life looks like right now and like you said like utilizing your resources taking like all these online courses to be able yeah. to kind of like say like is this something that i want or like it might just even be temporary right now to help get you through this phase like teaching people like how to run or you know like just taking different nutrition courses that just might be this stage to manage this stage so your wheels don't come off the bus yeah and i think part of that was running because i think like being physically active really helps but you also have to keep your mind active right like i'm not working right now so i'm forgetting things like i like dropped my wallet the other day i'm like wear yeah. my sunglasses like you when you're not going to work yeah right like you have to like stay sharp mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i i agree i i feel like the the critical thinking edge of our brains is kind of just being <laughs> eroded like a little bit you know because we just don't really need it right now i don't know i think so many people are still working though so i think it's like half and half like yeah. i was fixing my bike the other day i went for a bike ride and i know this woman in my building and she works at the hospital there and she has a baby and she's probably like working more than she's ever worked before and she's looking at me like what are you doing i'm like i'm just trying to find like things to do and she just looks at me <laughs> so i think yeah. like there is like half the population who all of a sudden has like more time on their hands than they know what to do with but there's like another half that's like severely overworked and it's had like to like been in like overdrive like i know even my partner like he works for FedEx and he's been working way more, yeah. right? Like, like there's so much demand on him physically. Like, yeah, so I think it's like half-half. I think half of us have had like this like beautiful gift of like time yeah. and other people have been like grinding down to the bone. And it's been really strange and unfair. We're so, gonna probably battle like- Yeah, <laughs> so like this is, back. yeah, this is like a, a question that um, a few of us were having, or 
a topic a few of us were talking about the other day. So, like, I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's unanimous that, like, we've basically just grinded a certain category of people to death for, like, the last, like, two months. Like, there's, there's very little arguing that point. And especially, like, in a few, like, key categories, you know, like, like you said, like, delivery, anything to do with, like, you know, like, the supply chain for food, you know, like, hospital workers, like, anything yeah. like that, right? Do you think, or what's your opinion about us when everybody else kind of gets back into the swing those people having some of the, like a little bit of the opportunity so you know if we got two months to say that they need to get two months off but just saying like like we'll foot the bill for you guys now you know like take a little bit of time off because you didn't have this opportunity and we really rode your back until you were on your knees i think that would be lovely and i think it would be fair but i don't think it's gonna happen mm-hmm. right there would have to be it would have to come from the government mm-hmm. and i just don't think that that is the direction that they're gonna go down yeah do you think like see because this is the irony that i i find behind it right um um this is the irony that i find behind it is that so say like with like hospital workers they give them like an extra i think it's like four dollars more per hour well, but when you kind of look at getting that extra four dollars more per hour, plus working all the extra overtime, the amount of money that would be taken in taxes yeah. by all that is is relatively irrelevant. But that also doesn't mean that they all of a sudden are going to find this like a great place to be after where they could even enjoy some time off to themselves because it's not like magically there's going to be another thousand nurses per hospital that could allow relief on other nurses, another thousand doctors that could allow relief on other doctors, right? Yeah, I think it just comes down to, like, life isn't fair, right? Like, we see that yeah. right now, too, with all, like, the Black Lives Matter. Like, like some people in certain situations just get a lot of privilege and other people don't. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, it is bananas what's happening around the yeah. world right now, eh? Do you think that, that see, and I, I believe that this has just been, like, an absurd ticking time bomb that I am absolutely shocked has taken this long to potentially get this violent in this many places around the world be- because there's just there's way too many like grotesque killings of like black people by cops in the United States um but like you know what i worry about is that it's just like another cycle and nothing changes cuz mm-hmm. like last year we had a cycle of this too where it yeah. was like really everybody was talking about it and there've been these cycles of people yeah. talking about it and trying to demand change and then something else happens and it gets washed away i yeah. think the the biggest fear with that is that it's just like a little cycle mm-hmm. and then something else makes the news and we move on i think that's yeah. the fear See, and it's actually funny to say because that was kind of like exactly like the point that I was going to make is that um, so we have a, a potentially like in the United States, like two people pro- or two groups of people protesting the COVID-19 protesters and now Black Lives Matter protesters. And like do either a these two um, groups join or do they collide or what I think is the potential does the COVID-19 mishandling misrepresentation astronomical kind of ball dropping get is that like like the government's perfect way out of all of that and not really having to deal with it because then the focus gets switched to the black lives matter movement and then all of a sudden people kind of forget about COVID 19 and they can just quietly not have to admit how wrong and how much things got mishandled my opinion my opinion only (laughs) um 
and now like the the cycle the news cycle picks up on black lives matter and that's like the thing now and then just all of a sudden nobody talks about like COVID 19 as much anymore Yeah, I think the media is really powerful in that way. Like right before COVID, like what was going on in Canada, right? We're talking about the the, the pipelines, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, nobody's talking about that anymore. And it's frightening that the news has mm-hmm. the power to control a conversation. Yeah. Um, what's happening in the States, as somebody who's lived in the States for a couple of years too, is it's it's just such a big problem. It's mm-hmm. like... Like, we need laws there, and I just don't know how, with this current administration, that that's going to happen. Yeah. So I just what don't do you think is going to happen with all the riots and everything in the States right now? Like, do you think it's just going to, like, blow up and be crazy, or do you think that they're going to kind of get a control over this situation? And, you know, now with, like, enough, I like, mean, white it's, people... It's... <laughs> It's interesting because it's it's it doesn't matter what I think. It's like, well, what do I want to happen? Like, yeah. I would actually. I mean, not that I like want anybody to get hurt, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. condone any kind of violence or whatever. But I almost want things to get a little bit like out of control in order for like real change to happen. Yeah. But that's just like some like white girl sitting here like yeah. <laughs> talking from a place of privilege. Like it's like it's such yeah. bullshit to like even like whatever I love to see like the the joining of the forces of like peaceful protesting where you have like white people and and black people are like bending a knee and saying like you know we can make a statement um, by joining forces but I also agree with you that nothing has ever changed by peaceful protest like it's just it's the most relatively ineffective tool for like mass change like there's there's never been a time that, about that. but like what, but, but the only thing is like, like, can you think like, like take a minute? Well, but yeah, yeah I don't but you know, know what, what I mean? change happened. I'm just like trying to like go through my head. Like, yeah. why again? like, like who's, who's tried to, and has created impact. Uh, yeah. But it, it's always come through like a boiling point. Like we never kind of get like it again. It's kind of like, I guess like this narrative that has now played out in like in North America saying that if we would value our health as a nation a little bit more, we could have cruised right through COVID-19. You know, if people weren't like if obesity wasn't rampant, you know, if diabetes wasn't rapid, if people's vitamin D stores, you know, like were high, like, you know, if people had proper protocols where like, you know, they, they were just healthier. Like we, we could easily cruise. So it's not saying that there still wouldn't have been people who died and it wouldn't have potentially been serious, but we could have handled it a lot better if our health was greater, but we're always reactive. Things have to get really bad for us to be able to understand these things, which is kind of like protesting and stuff. Right. You know, like, like, like peaceful. When it comes to like the health thing though, like I understand why it isn't happening. I can look at it and being like, because pharmaceuticals make money because these big corporations make money. So, um, insurance companies make money. And like, I understand why we are being taught to eat the wrong food. Like I understand why that is being pushed on us. Mm -hmm. Like I understand the system, but when it comes to the, the racism, I guess I'm not as educated to like know why that needs to stay in place. Like who's benefiting from that? Mm-hmm. And obviously we are, and it is economical. Um, 
but I don't see the picture yeah. as clearly. Yeah. And I, like the only picture I think that somebody could reference there when it comes to like racism being like any kind of economic benefit would just be that um, jails are private in the United States. Totally. Like it's it's beneficial. And when you've had judges be prosecuted because they're streamlining people into jails, um, accepting payoffs by the, some of the uh, companies that own these jails, like there there's clear problems. Like there's extremely clear problems. And, you know, again, it comes down to like an education perspective, you know, like like sitting down with somebody and realizing that they just because they look differently than you does not make them a different human being like everybody still eats and breathes and like hangs out the the problem i see with that is how like we were talking about this in relationship to our kids the other day about like i would just i i wish the year kids got to kind of like 18 17 18 where they could like understand the world a little bit and it's like okay like here's your next two years covered. Just go travel everywhere in the world you want to go and sit with the people you want to sit with and understand something. Because growing up in Southern Alberta um, as like a white man, you're around other people. So like in Southern Alberta, there was First Nations and there was white people. And arguably there was extreme amount of tension between those people. You know, but like we were brought up in that tension. But like people are segregated. So they just never really like sat together. You know, like in schools, we'd go to like, on a field trip to like a powwow, but like, like that's not going to teach you anything, you know, like, and then there'd be like the Japanese cultural society where you drove past the building, but it doesn't really prove anything. That's the one thing that I find about like multicultural cities, you know, like, like Vancouver, where like you can be with like somebody who's Korean and black and Sikh and Muslim, like just like all these different people from all these different perspectives. And like, I feel the less we are exposed to that, the more uneducated we are around people. And then situations like this happen in the States because like, I'm on the firm belief that that cop would have never kneeled on a white guy's neck. Like, oh, a hundred percent. I, but yeah, I don't think that's a question, but I think it's not even, I think it's happening in Vancouver too, though. Yeah. Like with COVID, right? Like, um, like all the things that's happening like against yeah. the Chinese or just Asians in general. I remember uh, teaching a class, I was a speech arts class and talking about COVID and thinking like, <laughs> just like yeah. minimizing it, like laughing it off. This is like yeah. before it got crazy. I'm like, it's not a thing, guys. Yeah. Uh, and the kids being like, yeah, but all of a sudden all like, like I, I feel unsafe going to school. So like 14, 15 year old, like Chinese boys being like, I don't yeah. like now people hate me. Yeah. Right. So, it's not just what's happening in the States. I think it's like happening right here too. And like, you know, it, it is true. Like that, that is abundantly true. Because like watching some of the things that initially happened online disgusted me as a human being. Like people attacking like what other people eat and stuff. I'm like, so if somebody in Australia got sick because they ate kangaroo, would now all of a sudden Australians be fucked up? And would we segregate Australian people? Like, like, like it just because we don't know again it's like the education side of it where it's like when you're feeding that many people you eat everything I but again yeah. when we have like swine flu and mad cow disease and the avian flu which is like what we eat here we don't judge ourselves and like what if the rest of the world was like all oh, those like fucking canadians because they're mad cow disease or their swine flu or the avian flu like all these things that we get which is the equivalent to like a disease maybe coming from another animal but like we forget that and it's so strange. Like we just refuse to be able to look back at ourselves and understand it is just a humanity thing, but we want to put a label on it's like, oh, these Chinese people. And like, it's so disgusting to me. 
but it happens so quickly. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think like you and I can like really appreciate what it's like, you know, mm-hmm. like. Authentically, no. Like I, I arguably will probably, the only position that I'll ever be in that would be roughly similar, but is not even in the same ballpark is just because I've been to jail before. It's like people can persecute me for that and segregate me for that. But like, I, I don't care if they do, because it's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of them and I can get that. But it's easy for me to walk away yeah, from but that. If it's a not cop easy. Pulls you over, you don't need to be scared. If you go running, yeah, that's what I mean. Late like at it's, night, like you know, yeah. you know, like nothing's gonna happen, right? Like, yeah. like. But that—that's what I mean. Like, if a cop will pull me over, like they'll talk shit to me. But like, I can legitimately go anywhere and do anything I want at any time, and I don't have to worry yeah. about that unless if I just choose to be fearful. And I, like, I even say that, like walking down the street at night in a perfectly safe like neighborhood as like a man i would never think twice about that but i'm also mindful how like a woman probably is not going to feel the same way you know but like this yeah, like all these me, i'm like i'm like well you know i'm thinking about doing this like thing or like i'll just like get a headlamp and i'll run at night like i'll feel pretty safe in my neighborhood like it's it's really not the but, but that's what i mean like you. those are our transfers to that and like they're they're pretty pathetic examples you know, compares to what it's like to have to live, like, you know, with these young boys saying that I don't want to go to school because I'm worried about the, like, the repercussions of me going to school because now I'm a Chinese boy growing up in a COVID world in Vancouver. Like, that's not comparable to running with a headlamp or a cop pulling me over maybe, like, talking to No, no, that's shitty. what I was saying. That, I, I, I definitely, um, with everything that's happening, just want to acknowledge, like, how little I know and how little yeah. I've really checked my privilege over the years. Yeah. Because I was like, well, you know, I grew up in, like, communist Romania. I've seen a few things or, like, whatever, right? Like, yeah. I've been persecuted, right? Like, people yeah. call me gypsy or, like, whatever. Like, there's, like, things I'm not even and it's, it's like, so yeah. relevant. But really just, like, coming to an understanding of, like, oh, no. Like, there's a lot of things yeah. I get to take for granted. And, um, well, even, like, our privilege of being able to, like, sign up online to be able to receive some money because we're told to stay at home. Like the privilege right. behind that compares to like a lot of other places and stuff like that too, right? Yeah. Where there's just uh yeah, our cushion, our bubble, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. It's yeah. it's really heavy what's going on in the world and just wanting to learn how to like participate in that more. Yeah. Which is conversation, right? Conversation education. So um but we're gonna wrap things up. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, let's Thank do you. it. It's been a beautiful day. What a I'm great, uh, what a great opportunity! I'm so glad that we did this uh, in a park to be able to soak in some of the sun instead of doing it over Zoom. And I couldn't prove you wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 well, Next it's been time. awesome. Next time. Next time. When we go, uh, when you run your 100k and I come run with you, and then I duck out at 70k and you keep on running to 100, okay. then it'll be, <laughs> it'll be like, like contribution. Plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Orsi. Have a wonderful day.